0: Hola mi gente, what up my people, my name is Pastor Rich Cologne. I'm the lead pastor here at Santos Church, broadcasting to you live from Southwest Detroit, Michigan, wherever you're listening from, I'm glad that you are listening, this podcast is meant to do one of two things, and that is either bring you our message content, or it's content that we thought would enrich our message content. We'll have more information at the end of this episode on how you can get connected with us either in person, online, or on social media, but for now, thanks for listening to this podcast, gracias para escuchando esto podcast, and let's get into it, vamos.
1: Amen. Well, you guys can take a seat, and I did want to make an announcement. If you're wearing yellow today, we are going to have a photo op in the lobby after service. (laughs) I always just feel like whenever I wear yellow... That wasn't in my notes, guys, because that was just... The Lord just worked that out. But I do feel like whenever I wear yellow... So many people wear yellow. So if you're wearing yellow, this is your memo. Don't leave after service. Um, we're going to take a photo, and I don't want you to miss it, Anita. <laughs> you think I'm joking, or I'm not. I, like, we, did, we took a photo last time. <laughs> Carrie's like, nope, she's not joking. Last time more people were wearing yellow, I was like, hey, let's take a picture. I don't know why. It just felt like I needed to take a picture because yellow. So good morning. How's everybody doing today? There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I love to see you guys here. I kind of like when it rains on a Sunday because I'm like, oh good. People will come to church because you can't go outside to, to the beach or, or do anything like that. But no, I'm, we're so excited that you joined us for week two. This is week two of our, our series that we started last week called Words Create Worlds. So say that with me. Words create worlds. I like how Drew toasted to it. Um, worlds create worlds and it's so powerful. And today we're gonna be talking about how our words can impact the world that we, that we live in. And so I feel like everyone has a thing that drives them crazy. You already thought about it right when I said it. Cynthia looked at me and smiled. So maybe it's people who wear yellow, I don't know. But everyone has a thing. <laughs> Anita's like, whoops, that's me. Everybody has a thing that drives them crazy. We just have them. Or we have some things. We probably have multiple things. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you next time. I'll text you. But one thing that is kind of my thing on the list of things that drive me crazy is complaining. Ooh, Angie felt it. Or <laughs> yeah, Complaining. Um, now, let me make this really clear. I'm not talking about coming to somebody and talking to them about your situation, that's totally different. I'm talking about genuine complaining. Like, you know it's just a complaint. You know that it's something that we, that you just, you just know. They're just complaining. You know that person. You probably already thought of a person, or maybe you are that person. So you can do some self-reflection today. But I think the reason that I... Don't like complaining so much is my mother. My mom is just like, she just doesn't. I feel like we learn a lot from our parents. And one thing that I got from her is you just don't complain to that lady. Like I could be on the phone with her. She's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. A little tired today. She's like, oh, you're not tired. But like, yes, I am tired. Like you don't know my life. But that's just how she is. She doesn't, she's just always looking for ways to not, to just turn something and make it positive. And that's how she's been my whole life. Um, no matter what was happening, like, see, looking back, being a parent now and seeing what she went through and seeing how she took everything that happened negative and just switched it to positive just shows me more and more, like, how good God is for her life. But it just, it turns something in on me that I just can't handle the complaining. So um, in, these, in this series, we're talking about how our words create worlds. And today we're going to be talking about cre- how we create worlds that are full of complaints, how we can create a world full of complaining. And not only do those worlds affect us, affect our heart, affect our mind, but they affect others. And so we're going to jump into that. I actually love dictionaries. Does anyone else love a good a good dictionary, They're, all my people, free dictionaries in the lobby next week, because I didn't order them this week, uh, <laughs> no, but I do, I love a good dictionary, and so I used to have, you guys remember this, I think, I think I saw it at Cynthia's house, the Selastic Children's Dictionary, do you not, know, yes, yes, Lord, <laughs> um, those are, that was just like, I used to love just looking, looking up words up, and so I wanted to get us on the same page with the word complaining, so that way we knew, where it was. So the definition of complaining is this. It's the expression of dissatisfaction or annoyance about something. Just, what did I say? You guys, words are hard sometimes. That's the next series. Words are hard. Um, <laughs> but, or, <laughs> the adjective is expressing, what's dissatisfaction? <laughs> Dissat dissatisfaction Disfa- you know the word it's on the screen, just read it um, or annoyance about something, it was really interesting when I was, I don't know how many of you guys go on Google and you like search one thing and then it deep dives you into something else and then it's like five hours later and you're like looking up like what did Jonah do in the belly of the whale like just crazy stuff like that and so last night I was looking up well, it was a few nights ago. I was looking up complaining, and then Google brought up all these extra searches, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. Just reading about what, what Google had to say, but one of them I found was really interesting. Research from Psychology Day said, suggests that making a habit of complaining can actually rewire the brain so that those particular thinking orientations become ingrained, so, I mean, this is science right here, that our actual words, that it's saying, that they actually rewire how our brain is supposed to be thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> no, not at all. But that is important to know because our words are so powerful. We have become so accustomed to complaining in our daily talk that it's not even complaining. We're just talking we're just talking to someone but really in reality retrospect we're complaining and so last week richard mentioned proverbs 18:21 that the tongue has power of life and of death that we can choose to speak words that bring life into our situations or we can choose words that speak death over our situations and that's such a powerful powerful verse But today I want to bring you a new verse. It's Ephesians 4.29. It says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful for building others up. Say building others up. Say it again. Say it like you mean it. Thank you, Hope. Red team. Go red team. According to their needs. Now this is where, I like. That it may benefit those who listen. That it may benefit. (laughs) That it would benefit those who listen. I want you to think right now. What are you complaining about most in your life today? You would be like, oh, I don't complain. Well, I bet you do. (laughs) Is it your job? Is it your friends? Is it being single? Is it not being single? Not you, Bill. I love you. Is it your kids? (laughs) Is it your parents? (laughs) What is it in your life? Is it your finances? That you find yourself not speaking life over, but speaking death over. So today I hope this message will be an encouragement to you. Not only to you, preaching to myself, but to me, that we would look carefully at the words that we say, at the world that we create around us, and the world that we create around others. God, I thank you for today. I thank you that you are so good, and I thank you that you give us your word to help direct us and to help guide us. And God, I pray that today we would look at complaining through a different lens, through the lens that you see it, and that we would choose to speak words of life, and not death. Amen. So today we're going to look at one of my favorite guys in the Bible and his name is Paul. You guys know Paul, right? If you don't know Paul, you're about to know Paul. He is just one of my favorite guys in the Bible. Sometimes I feel like people don't really love him, but I really love him. I just think his story is real. It's raw. I love that we don't look at a Bible that just has like stories of rainbows and butterflies and mermaids I don't know why I said mermaids but all of those things but that we we go we have Jesus has given us a word that is full of real people that have gone through real things that have done some really bad things that we can look to and be relatable to so my favorite guy his name is Paul and if anyone had the right to complain it's this guy Paul so Paul was formerly known as Saul and he persecuted Christians His life drastically changed on the road to Damascus, and he did a completely 360 from killing Christians to saying, I need to tell everyone I meet and I encounter how good God is. I need to spread the gospel wherever I go. Now, Paul had been through a lot of things. In 2 Corinthians 11.25, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it is a novel, but I'm going to give you a a look at what that looked like. In 2 Corinthians 11.25... It talks about the things that Paul went through. Lashes on his back, pelted with stones, beaten with rods, shipwrecked three times, gone without food. I mean, that, that could be the first one, gone without food. <laughs> I had two donuts this morning. Um, I mean, and the list goes on, and you can read that in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-five. 25. But the passage that I'm going to be reading from is actually Paul writing to the, writing a letter to the church in Philippi and Paul was writing from the city of Rome. Now he went to Rome to go preach the gospel, to spread the good news. But that's the exact opposite of what happened. Instead, he got arrested for two years and he was waiting for a possible execution. So he's sitting on death row in Rome. And this is the letter. And I think it's good to to know where he was when this letter was written so that we can know his heart, you know, know what's going on with him. And so in this letter from prison, he is actually chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. I was talking to Richard about this, and I was like, Richard, what would you do if you were chained to a Roman soldier? You can't even, like... No, I'm not going to say that. Too, too much information. But <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't know what to do. I can't imagine being chained to someone 24 hours a day, especially someone I didn't even know. And so in Philippians 2, 14, through 15, he says this. He writes this to the church. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault and a war- warped, and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. I love what this, another version says this, do all things without complaining and disputing. He's in, let's remember where he is, he's in jail, chained to a Roman guard. Let's not forget that. And he's saying, don't complain, don't dispute. And then it continues to write in Philippians two seventeen through 18. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Another version says this, and it's my favorite because I can see Paul saying it. He's like, whatever you do, don't feel sorry for me. Let me remind you. He's in prison, chained to a Roman soldier, 24 hours a day. This letter to the church of Philippi could have looked a lot different. He could have said, somebody help me. Somebody come find me. Somebody, I'm miserable. This bed isn't comfy. I don't even have a bed. I'm sleeping on the floor. These clothes, this food. That's the complete opposite of what he writes in in the book of 2 Corinthians or Philippians. Whatever you do, don't feel sorry for me. Paul was in the complete opposite situation he wanted to be in. Complete opposite situation. He went into Rome thinking, I am going to tell everybody about Jesus. Their lives are going to be changed. This is going to be amazing. Plot twist, I'm going to go to jail and they're going to kill me. Complete opposite. He was in the complete opposite situation. But instead of complaining about it, he said, I'm going to see that God is still glorified. I don't care what my situation looks like. God is still going to be glorified. That's hard. That's hard. How many times are we in a situation that sucks? That just sucks. And the first thing we say is, but God is still good. I'm going to be honest. That doesn't come out of my mouth first all the time. More than that. And Paul is in this situation, and he is saying, I don't care. Don't feel sorry for me. Keep, don't complain. Don't dispute. I'm still going to give God glory. So I actually just have one point that I want you to remember today. So that you can just remember it. I'm going to say it a few times, but it's this. If you can't change your circumstances. Let me say that again. If you can't change your circumstances, change your perspective. Paul couldn't change his circumstances in prison. But he did change his perspective. If you can change it, change it, make it better, switch directions. But if you can't, you need to change your perspective. If you can't change your circumstance, change your perspective. Because if you can bust out of jail, go on and bust out of jail. There's gonna be more consequences with that, but if you can do it, more power to you. If you have a headache, take some medicine. If you can't stand your job, get a new one. If you don't like the situation you're in, stop making everyone around you miserable by the words you're creating, by the world you're creating with your words, and get out of it. You have that power. If you can't change your circumstance, change your perspective, but if you can change it, then change it. If you can't change it, change what you think about it. Change how you approach it and change what you say about it. He said in Proverbs, says that our words have the power of life and of what? Of life and death. Change what you think about it. Change that whole world around you. Because at the end of the day, no one's create Like, there's people that we did... You know, Richard mentioned last week. There is people that say things to you that do create these worlds. But a lot of the worlds we're creating are from ourselves, from what we're saying. So change what you say about it. Our words have that power to give life. And if you can breathe life into your circumstances or you can breathe death, you have that power. You know, when we're reading in the, that letter from Paul... Do you know why we see Paul not complaining in his story? Because Paul realized early on that his story is not about him, but that it's about Jesus. How many times do we just wake up? I used to say this to our kids in kids' church to try to, like, drill in their head how it's easy to just think about ourselves. Like, when you wake up in the morning... Who do you look at in the mirror? Yourself. Or you don't. Sometimes I don't, and then I get on a Zoom call, and I wish I did. Uh, True story. It was wild. But we are programmed, the world is programmed to make us think about ourselves and everything that we do and our decisions and how we can better ourselves. And Paul in this moment is not making him the subject of his story when he could He's making it about John, Jesus. It was never about Paul. It was always about Jesus. And that is reflected in the words that we read. Paul says, I believe it's in Galatians. I didn't write there or some, But Paul says, it's not me who lives, but Christ in me. It's not me who lives, but Christ in me. I want when people look at me, with the words I say, with the actions I do, that they would see Christ. Because I'm not perfect. And I make mistakes and I say things I shouldn't say and I do things I shouldn't do. But I always want it to come back to every day. Another verse says that um, I die daily, that we would die to our flesh, that we would die to the things that we want, our preferences, our desires, and that we would always elevate Christ over that. That we would always put Christ first, that we would put Him in the front seat, that we would stop driving, and that we would really, truly let Him take the lead. That's what Paul did. That's what Paul did. He was not, he said, It's not me who lives, but Christ in me. It changes the story when we do that, guys. It changes the story from complaining to praise. From complaining, to thankfulness. From I hate my job, to I'm thankful I have one. To from I never have money for anything, to look what God has provided and blessed me with. It changes the story, it changes the narrative. Every morning, I drive to church and I see, I'm sure we all see it. I'm going to blame the crying on pregnancy. (laughs) Just see people that are, are, you know, sleeping in the rain. That don't have a home. And I try to I try to think, and we're thinking, how can we serve others better? That have a reason to really, truly, deeply have a complaint. How can we change our story that it would be a reflection to others? That when people would look at us and say, Man, you know what? Carrie, she's she's going through it. But man, she's still smiling. She's still joyful. She's still serving. She's still going to church. Man maybe Jesus, maybe there is something about this Jesus. What do we do that shows others that Jesus is really who he says he is? Instead of using our words to make people question, why should I go to church? Why should I even do this Jesus guy? Why does he even matter? Because all you do is say negative things. All you do is speak death over your situation. I don't. People don't want to be a part of a life that is full of death. People want to be a part of something that is full of life. And Jesus has brought me life in my situation in so many ways. Let's stop making the story about us and let's start pointing people back to Jesus because he is our hope. He is our joy. He is our salvation. He is our rock. He is our firm foundation And so we need to stop making it about us and start making it about him because we're not going to change anyone, but Jesus is. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the beginning and the end. It doesn't end with you. The story doesn't end with, I'll use Richard because he's my (laughs) husband. Richard saved the world. I don't want to call it anyone else. (laughs) Life isn't always an upward climb. It's not going to be. It's not Miley Cyrus. It's the climb. (laughs) That wasn't in my notes either. (laughs) I just like to sing karaoke. Let's do that too. If you're wearing yellow, let's go sing karaoke later. If you're not wearing yellow, you have time to change. (laughs) Michael... (laughs) Life isn't always an upper climb. Now I can't get the climb out of my head. Can we play that after service, Foster? <laughs> but just because we aren't looking up doesn't mean God isn't there. He's just waiting for us to stop looking down at the things that are temporary and look at the things that's eternal. It's one of my favorite verses in 2 Corinthians four sixteen. I think. Don't quote me on that just in case it's wrong, but it says... Don't look at the things that are temporary, but fix your eyes on the. Don't look at the things that are seen, because the things that are seen are temporary. But the things that are unseen are eternal. If we would stop looking at what is seen in front of us, the window of our car hasn't gone up for a hot minute, weeks. And I found myself complaining about the car the other day but it's just a car and another one will come and God is still good. Let us stop focusing on the things that are unseen but focus seen (laughs) focus on the things that are seen because those are what is eternal. Too many times we let things hold us back and hold us down on temporary situations on a temporary season on a temporary situation. Let us hold the things that are eternal in our hearts and in our minds and in our hands. Because when we keep that focus, we can love others better. Because we're not worried about ourselves because we know that God's got us. Just like that song said. I love that that was the song right before the message. Your promise still stands. Even in 20, are we 2021? <laughs> Even, are we? Okay. Even in 2021, years are hard. That's the next series. Um, his promise still stands that he is still faithful. This was Paul's response to being in prison in Philippians 1 12 through 13. It says, Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Look at God. I feel like that needed to be in there. Look at God. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace, guard, <laughs> and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Now, I don't, I wouldn't normally use the word chains for Christ to other people. <laughs> they might not. They might be like, that's scary. But in Paul's context, that definitely makes sense. What if we put you in this story? That as a result of the words that you speak, as a result of the world that you're creating around you and others, that it would become so evident to the whole palace, wherever that is, E-N-L, that's a palace. (laughs) Have you had their tacos? (laughs) The whole palace, your home, wherever you go, wherever you walk, wherever you shop, that it would become clear to everyone that you are serving Christ. All of you guys are my favorite people, but Ramon is one of my favorite people too. <laughs> he doesn't know I was going to say this and it's not in my notes, but I just was looking at him and he was smiling and it reminded me. I, one thing I love, if you guys want to be a runner, go talk to Ramon because homie is a runner. He has a We Run 313 sweater on right now. So he's pretty serious, but one thing I love, one, a few weeks ago, Ramon came in, his hair was, flawless like usual but it was a little <laughs> richer <laughs> uh, uh anyway let's move on <laughs> and <laughs> it was a little moist <laughs> maybe that's not the right word either but it was a little <laughs> damp and i go you just take a shower i mean i don't know sometimes it's weird to make conversation with people and he's like yeah i just finished running took a shower i was like what you just finished running <laughs> And you took a shower at night at church, and he is still smiling. When he took his mask off for the first time, I, the first thing I said I complimented on how nice his face was, because I never saw it before. But all of that to say is that... I, oh, am I just digging a hole? Yes, I am. <laughs> Let's get out of it. <laughs> I'm too short to go deeper. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Ramon, I apologize. Let's move on. <laughs> no, but for real, I love Ramon because I love his spirit. I would definitely be complaining if I ran like a 10K right before church. But he's still smiling, full of joy. He's been such a light to our life and, and serving at Summer Blast and serving with the kids and those kids were kind of crazy, and he was still smiling, and, uh, and they were your kids, too. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, but he's just a great that. Was a, that was a sidebar, y'all. That was a side sidebar. But he is still showing others in his actions what he does, that God is still good. Complaining doesn't change who God is. I wanna say that. It does for other people who don't believe. But complaining doesn't change who God is for us. But let's remember the world we're creating for others when we complain to them. We should be a direct access, a direct lane (laughs) to show people the goodness of God. You guys, I'm not trying to say that you have to pretend that life is perfect. Because it's not. It's hard. And I want to make that very clear. It's okay. I my, If you know your Enneagram, if you don't, find out later and we'll talk. But my Enneagram is a seven. And hey, sevens, any sevens in the house? Woo-woo! Oh, just us. <laughs> that explains a lot, actually. Um, so... <laughs> but one of the things that I know about who I am is I like to conceal don't feel, not like Elsa, but from Frozen, but just, oh wait, just like Elsa, actually. Um, and so sometimes it is hard for me to show those feelings, and it's, it's just who I am, but feelings are real. Struggles are going to happen. And I'm not saying that you can't talk about that. That's why we have community. You shouldn't go through that stuff alone. I'm not talking about just being real and and having that. I'm talking about complaining. That's why we went over the definition. I'm talking about like when you are, I can't say the D word, but the is one word, annoyance. Oh my gosh. I see Richard shaking my head. <laughs> is that, is that? <laughs> wouldn't that be funny? Um, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about complaining. So don't, you know, don't take my words. Don't say, man, if I have a struggle, I know I can't ever come to Carmen." That's not what I'm saying. Because there's going to be times I'm going to need to come to you and ask for prayer. But it doesn't change who God is. God is still in this. God is still working. And And Paul, in the letter, he decided he is still going to give God praise. And he was chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day to be executed. What worlds have you created with your words that are affecting your heart, that are affecting your mind, The words you're saying with their complaints. But the next question is what are you chained to? Because Paul was chained to a Roman soldier. But what are you chained to? Is it your financial situation? Do you put more worry and complaining into your finances? Is it your job or lack of job? Your friends? Maybe it's your health. As the band comes up, I mentioned before that complaining isn't just, just isn't something that I love in life, (laughs) but mainly because I think it was ingrained from my mom. Now, my mom, she, you've probably heard maybe Roberto talk about it, um, but she's an amputee. She only has half of one leg and, like, half of her foot, Um, and there's a whole other backstory to that. Just my brother has seen her almost die. Like, there's just, she's been through it. And I remember she lives in Florida, so I, you know, during this specific surgery, I ended up, like, applying in a week after. But after the surgery happened, um, I FaceTimed her, and first thing she said on the FaceTime was, man, God is still good. (laughs) And guess what I'm calling my new leg? Thumper. That's what she said. I didn't say that she called yeah guys she'll be here in august i think so just say hi to thumper when you know when, uh, i'll have to let her know i told you guys that though <laughs> um but my mom is chained to her help she you know she's expressed to me she doesn't like to express her emotions either but my mom she said you know i had a dream that i was running with olivia She said, I had a dream. I was running with Olivia and Diego.
0: <laughs> she said,
1: I can't do it now. She's, she's in a wheelchair and she's in a walker. She said, but one day I will. She's changed her health for the rest of her life. She does not let that define her story. She does not let that define her God. What are you chained to? Paul was in a sucky situation. But when you read those verses, if you don't realize where he is, that he's in jail, that he's chained to a Roman soldier. You just think Paul is the OG. I mean, he is. He didn't complain once. He said, whatever you do, don't feel sorry for me. Nobody wants to be known as the negative Nellie or Nancy, boy or girl. (laughs) Let's change our stories. Let's be careful with the words that we speak to the world that we create. Scientifically proving that our words are rewiring our brain. If they're rewiring our brain. They're rewiring our husband's brains, our friend's brains, our children's brains. Let us speak words of life and not death. Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful. Only what is helpful. Don't you just... Doesn't it just drive you crazy when you just want to talk to somebody (laughs) and they don't say anything helpful and they kind of make you feel stupid and dumb? Don't be that person to others. But only what is helpful for building others up. Building others up. According to their needs. And I love this part of it that it may benefit those who listen. That it may benefit those who listen. If you can't change your circumstance, change your perspective. If you can't change your circumstance, change your perspective. If you can change it, change it. But if you can't, change your perspective. Take the narrative off of yourself and put it on Jesus. Because he will never fail you. He is our source of hope. But not just for me, but for everyone around me. I want people to see hope in me. I want people to see life in me, joy in me. And I want people to see that in Santos. And everyone that walks in here, that you would feel that it is not about us. That it is all about Him. Because He is good. He is faithful. And there is nothing else I need. There is nothing else I need to bring me more joy than Jesus. It's not Richard. It's not my kids. It's not my finances. It's not my home. It's Jesus. And that same hope the world needs with our words, they need to be built up. People are pressed down every single day. Let us build people up. Let us build others up with our words. speak words that create worlds around you and others of thankfulness and of praise up to how great God is no matter what Jesus God I thank you for who you are that you never fail us God God, that you sent your son, Jesus, to be the example of what it looks like to go through the struggle, but at the same time, never lose focus on who you are, that you are good. God, help us to remember that our words are constantly creating worlds around us and others. God help our words build others up. Help our words benefit those who listen. God help us be a reflection of who you are, not only with our actions, but with specifically our words. God, I thank you for this room of believers here today. God, help us to remember to point others to you. Let us not become so inwardly focused. Let us stop making the narrative about us. Let our focus be turned to you. Jesus, we love you so much. God, I pray that during this next song, that we will be able to reflect on your goodness, that we will be able to reflect on the things that, that we've been complaining about, and that we could change our perspective, and that we could keep our eyes and our hearts focused on you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the Santos Church Podcast. We hope that you were blessed by what you heard today and that it moves you towards action and greater faith in Jesus. If you'd like to connect with us more, you can find us online at santoschurch.org. And that's also a great place to give if you'd like to contribute to the ministry and our mission here in Southwest Detroit. If you're on Instagram, you can connect with us at Santos Detroit or Facebook, and it's facebook.com santoschurchdetroit Santos Church Detroit. If you find yourself in the Detroit area, we'd love to have you in person Sunday mornings at 11, 1953 Military Street. Either way, hablamos pronto. We'll talk to you soon.